Welcome to Aston Means Business. I'm Steve Dyson, the journalist presenting this regular podcast for Aston Business School. This podcast is focusing on how small businesses, known as SMEs, are coping with the huge economic disruption caused by the coronavirus pandemic. This special series is called Aston Means Business, SMEs Dealing with COVID-19. We've been talking to businesses who are taking part or who've previously taken part in Aston Centre for Growth's programmes, giving them a voice to discuss their challenges, share their experiences and explain how they are coping with the crisis. We've also been talking to some of Aston Business School's top academics and other experts, getting their valuable insights, analysis and advice for SMEs. In today's episode, we're going to find out how hard one business has been hit by the lockdown. Please bear with us as all recordings are carried out remotely online to make sure we abide by the government's current stay-at-home advice. Joining me online now is uh, Simon Greenfield. Now, Simon's the Managing Director of Colour Cubed Creative Communications. Uh, Simon, tell us a bit more about Colour Cubed. When was the company formed? What does it do and and, and what what are its unique features? Okay, uh, Colour Cubed Creative Communications was founded in 1988 and for 32 years we've been supplying design, print, website and marketing to a range of clients across the UK and Europe. Our primary market is hotels and event venues. Uh, So our our, our biggest national client is Jewelry's Inn, the, the, the chain. And local clients include Millennium Point, Library of Birmingham, and uh, Birmingham Repertory Theatre. Uh, most agencies specialise in either digital or physical marketing, but we are possibly the only complete agency in the area that does both very well indeed. Okay, so I get the picture. And just to draw that out a bit more for our listeners, um, what's the business structure in terms of you know who owns the business? Uh, what's your average turnover? What staff numbers do you have? We're based in our own building in Hales Owen. There's a team of 11, of which two are directors, and uh, me and my co-director, Steve, own the business. Last year, at our peak, we were turning over nearly a million pounds a year, but that started dropping off after the summer uh, with all the Brexit uncertainty and the, the election coming up. Okay, but nevertheless, quite a quite a substantial business, and you've been going for some decades. So that's a that's a good picture for our for our listeners to just to understand where you're coming from and what you do. Now, how has the COVID nineteen pandemic affected business for Colour I know you were already saying that there was a bit of a downturn because of Brexit, but has that now increased because of COVID nineteen? When the Prime Minister told people not to go to pubs and restaurants, which I think was on on the, the Friday before the, the lockdown. He basically turned off the tap of orders into my business. It was was like somebody had flicked a switch and just stopped the the sales process dead in its tracks. I mean, he should not have announced measures that will directly damage a sector of British industry. And, And in this case, it was the hospitality sector, which is, in fact, my business relies on. Uh, without having a package of support ready and and available for applications. I I don't know what they were thinking. And and in terms of how you've coped with that, um, what are you doing in terms of, um, you know, how are you seeing your cash flows change? Have you had to make some um, redundancies or layoffs or are you taking up any of the government assistance? I thought I was insured for this exact situation. 
every year I pay for business interruption insurance. And um, I thought that for pandemics and viruses, I was insured for £50,000. However, my insurance company won't pay up because the name of the virus, COVID-19, is not listed on the insurance document. Well, I took out the insurance in June and the virus didn't get the name until February. Um, so it, would, it was impossible to be insured. And, and, I'm, and I'm thinking that's, that, that means that not just me, uh, but I imagine nearly every business in the UK will, will not get their payouts. And many of them will go out of business as a result. I mean, I was, I was absolutely disgusted by it. And I, I, um, I've spoken to my MP who has taken it up, actually, and the, the, my case has gone to the Treasury, so I'm hoping something might come of, come from that. In the meantime, Simon, um, what's, what are you having to do in terms of your staff and your operations? Well, with, with regards to the money, because obviously I'd be probably be okay if, I had, if the insurance had paid out, but the, the, the Chancellor's expecting us business owners to, to borrow our way out of trouble. But I don't see why I should get into debt to borrow money that I'd, I'd already paid money to be insured against this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the business is in trouble. There's no sales coming in. Um, we're expecting a great depression, apparently, when this is all over, and then probably Brexit. And, and the bank wants me to put a personal guarantee on it. I mean, they must be joking. Uh, what's so annoying is uh, it's so this would this is so obvious to the business uh, community i just don't know why it wasn't so obvious to the treasury and this is why that scheme is not working so at the moment whilst you're waiting for that to um, to come out of your appeal if you like uh, what are you doing with your with your staff at the moment and and you know what operations are you able to continue okay so uh, the staff are furloughed um, leaving me and my co-director, Steve, to run the business as, as best we can. Um, they're all at home now, um, but I have encouraged them to use the time to to try and acquire some new skills, do some online training. Uh, there's a lot of stuff they could be learning that will, you know, not only be good for, for their CVs and, and their development, but also good for the company going forwards. Okay, but in the meantime, they've got um, they're on furlough, which means that you can continue to pay them eighty percent and get that money back from the government in, in in the short term. Hopefully, before the end of this month. Okay, so in terms of what you are able to continue doing, what are you and Steve, your co-director, what are you continuing with at the moment? Uh, so we we've not really got any work coming in. I mean, we could we could offer a pretty normal service, but one of the things we have done. Uh, we've built a non-for-profit community website um, to create awareness of businesses in Hales Owen that are still trading and looking for custom. Um, you know, a lot of local businesses are still offering a service during the lockdown and, and they could do with people's support. It's it's actually called supporthalesowen.co.uk. That's great. And, and, and what else are you able to continue with? I mean, is, are there any retainers that you have that you're able to continue servicing or or has everything just come to a complete stop for now? Uh, no, we're still making sure that all the websites that we, we host are uh, ticking over and all, you know, all the um, security patches are updated and all that kind of thing. We're still doing a bit of design work here and there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's until the hotels come back on, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty dead, I think. 
So effectively, just to get this right, Simon, um, the furlough situation that you're staffering uh, has enabled you to um, kind of have a bit of a hibernation and keep things ticking over in the short term whilst things hopefully iron out in terms of getting back to some kind of neo-normality. Yeah, so that's correct. Yeah. I mean, they're strange days for everyone, aren't they? How do you think it's going to leave you after the pandemic ends? I know that's hard to imagine, but let's say that there is... Um, you know, uh, a lockdown for for another three weeks, as has been suggested, and then things get back or start getting back to a kind of normality, and things start to relax slowly. If that happens, um, are things going to get back to normal for you straight away, or has this changed things forever, or is it going to take a longer time? What, what What's your sort of future planning like at the moment? Uh, it's quite clearly changed us forever. I can't see it going back to normal. Um, the business going forwards will have to be it'll be have to be more mobile will have to be more flexible in what we can do and where we can do it uh, it will probably mean a smaller company if if we get the the, the depression that they're talking about and then and this and this is the last thing that, that businesses want in the west midlands is brexit um, you know it's it, you, it's it's about setting the company up to be able to cope with things like this in the future. And, and what kind of planning are you putting into that? So with that in mind, and I know that the details will take some time to come out in terms of exactly how the economy is, but given that view of how it will generally be in terms of a bit of a slump and a bit of a time for things to return to any kind of normality, um, you, you, you say that you're thinking of a more flexible company, it might be smaller in size... How else are you planning things for the for the medium and long term? Uh, well, we're certainly taking the um, taking the, uh, the the lockdown time that we've got to um, work out our marketing strategy going forwards. Uh, we've also taken the time to re- to redo our website. One of the things that uh, one of the websites that that all owners of design companies hate is their own. <laughs> um, so. So we, we're going to do our, – our, one of our missions is to create a website uh, of our own that we're actually proud of. We're also um, doing a lot of work on things like social media and search engine optimization, And, and so the, when this does end, we can actually hopefully bounce back as quickly as possible that we will be ready uh, and waiting. No, that sounds good. And Simon, just a couple of quick questions from you. I mean, one, one I suppose, on the challenging side and, and, and one on the encouraging side. The challenging question is um, the government and the insurance sector, they, they're not completely um, satisfying your needs at the moment. And I would imagine that might be replicated across various small businesses. So in, in, a, in a few, in a few um, bullet points, what does the government, the, industry, the insurance sector, what do they need to get sorted to help companies like yours? Well, I mean, the insurance companies look like they're going to get off scot-free and they have got pots of money. And if anybody should be forking out, I think the insurance companies should be. Now, whether or not the government can make them do that, I don't know. I, I assume that all those documents are absolutely legally watertight. Um, the banks thing was 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 obviously useless. Um, the The government needs to... If the insurance companies aren't going to pay up, the government need to to pay proper money. I mean, the eighty percent furlough money is good, and that will keep people um, uh, employed by the company at least in the short term. But 
you know, we we need uh, we you know we need proper cash. The the ten thousand pounds grant from the council, you know, is it's just a drop in the ocean, really. So have you, had, have you had that already? Have you? I actually have had that from Dudley Council. Yeah, so they were they were pretty quick with that. That was that was that was decent of them. How how did that one work? Um, it was pretty automatic. I did apply for it. Um, uh, but all I had to do was prove that we were the rate payer and that the bank account I was asking it to be paid into was the limited company that was uh, paying the rates, and, and they, they just transferred it. it. Sounds pretty decent that at least local government acted quite quickly, albeit with a small amount, but at least it was there straight away. Um, in terms of um, yourself and speaking to you now, even though you've had an extraordinary time, you sound quite calm. Um, and I want to, to 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 drive into that with you. I want to ask you what top tips you've got for other businesses out there in terms of keeping that uh, that calm composure whilst all this is going on. How would you advise others to act? Oh, calm! I didn't know I was calm. Um, I was. To be you honest, you sound that way. You sound that way to me. Do I? Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. It's uh, it's more of a case. There's not a lot else you can do. Um, and the weather's very lovely, so uh, that's helped. Um, but we are, the. I mean, in terms of uh, tips for other business owners, I would definitely advise them to take this time to, to if they haven't done it already, to, to, to look at researching into how you do your own search engine optimization. Uh, mm. Pretty much every business has got their own website, and it's not that difficult to do your own SEO. And it's something you can do. It's a positive thing you can do that will help you when the lockdown's over. And it doesn't cost any money. So uh, that, that's my top tip. That's a nice one. Look, Simon Greenfield, um, the Managing Director of Colour Cubed, many thanks for joining us. And, and best wishes to you and the company at this time. Uh, I hope things go well for you in the future. You're very welcome. Keep safe, Simon. Thank you very much. And yourself. Okay, I'm going to talk now to Mark Hart. He's the Professor of Small Business and Entrepreneurship at Aston Business School. Hello to you, Mark. Hi, good afternoon, Steve. Mark, from a near £1 million turnover to furloughing all his staff and reducing the business to a tick-over state, listening to Simon's story of Colour Cubed and how it's been hit by the lockdown, it really brings home to us, doesn't it, how damaging it is to some companies. Oh, absolutely, Steve. I mean, it was, uh, I know Simon well, and it was a very depressing, uh, you know, story of how suddenly he's, he's achieved his goal of a million turnover of business at the end of 2019. And then all of a sudden, you know, an, an unexpected uh, event like a pandemic, and suddenly he's, he's, he's rocked back on his heels. And I think this is typical of many small businesses across the country. Um, I mean, I've been looking at the uh, dissolution liquidation stats from Companies House um, comparing March 19, no, 2020 to March uh, 2019. And you know, there's been an uplift of 70% in the number of companies been struck off, both voluntary and involuntary from um, from Companies House. So, you know, there's, there's I don't think it's all to do with the pandemic, COVID-19, but it's clear to me that there is uh, early signs here of um, this being very damaging. And Simon's uh, example is, is perfect. His business has dried up. And I think that, you know, he's finding it very challenging. He is indeed. I mean, one of the things that Simon was talking about was his fury over his insurance claim. Um, as we heard, he had virus pandemic cover, or he thought he had. 
But because COVID-19 wasn't named specifically, the insurers aren't paying what sounds like £50,000 worth of insurance. It doesn't sound very fair, does it? I don't think it's very moral either, never mind about fair. I think that the insurance companies have a lot to answer for here. And I know there's a there's a bit of a campaign beginning to bubble under the surface as a lot of uh, people are very upset. I mean, if you've got a, a, a clause in your insurance which talks which about business interruption, which clearly this is what Simon is talking about, and, you know, you, you've, got, you've got essentially a pandemic clause in your insurance and they're not paying out because COVID-19 is not named, I think that's an absolute disgrace. And I think the government needs to bring pressure on the insurance companies to, to honour the uh, the claims that are coming in from our small business uh, community. I mean, the government, to be fair to them, have stepped up and put billions of pounds in the table. And if insurance companies are telling businesses like Crowdcube and Simon to say, sorry, you know, you, you, COVID-19 wasn't mentioned, we can't pay 50,000, I think that's, that's just not moral. It's not morally right. I'm, I'm really very, very annoyed about that. Yeah, it is annoying, isn't it? And I know that uh, the MP uh, local to Simon is taking that up, so hopefully something will be sorted. And, I mean, that aside, he is positive about one or two things. I mean, obviously his company is benefiting from furloughs, and he's also successfully received a £10,000 grant from Dudley Council. Yeah, I mean, I think the local authorities, from what I can see, have stepped up, and you know, grants of £10,000 are lifelines to a lot of businesses as their revenue has dried up. And also furloughing the workers. I mean, we're now, um, you know, having this interview in the first week of um, the furlough scheme going live. And I would take my hats off to the HMRC team who've got that portal working. Um, I've seen no, I watch social media, which is a good early indicator of something going right or wrong. And, um, you know, it's really clear to me that this is something which is working. The big the big issue, of course, is will the money land within six working days? That's the test of, of the scheme. It's all very well to register and furlough uh, the required number of workers in your business. But if, in fact, the money doesn't land before payday on the 30th of April, then that's the bigger problem I would see. But, yeah, I mean, I think that Simon has been able to I mean, I, you know, knowing Simon as they do, he will find out exactly what's available for him. He will make sure he's he, he's on on point applying for it. And, and well done, Dudley. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to Simon at the end there, and uh, he was saying that in his mind, things are never going to return to real normalcy. Um, obviously, we're all expecting some change in life, but Simon's quite definite about the fact that in his mind, his business will have to become smaller and more flexible for the future. What are your thoughts on that for the wider business community? I think this is a common story I'm hearing as well, that, yes, there is a lot of challenges out there and businesses are, you know, angry, annoyed, having difficulty navigating their way through how they keep their business afloat. But I think it's also giving them an opportunity to reflect. And Simon, whilst facing the challenges, is obviously looking at his business. And I, I like two things about what he said, was was looking at the way he's going to have to be more flexible working with the, with clients in the future. Um, you know, his revenue just dropped to zero I mean, and it's forced him to think very carefully about, you know, what that will mean when we get back into trading again. And, uh, I, you know, this notion that it's going to be business as usual back end of this year, is, is just, it's just ridiculous. It's not going to happen. But what I did like was the way he was in touch with his workers, that while, while he's furloughed some of them, um, that he is encouraging them to think about, you know, upskilling in terms of, even basic skills on, on SEO and also in terms of uh, wider IT skills. I think that's quite an important message. And, 
you know, again, we've heard it uh, quite frequently that you know, keeping in touch with your your workforce at this time, building empathy, understanding their challenges as they as they work uh, from home if you haven't furloughed them, and you know the, the challenges they've got to homeschooling children, for example, or looking after aged parents. I mean, you know, working at home, you know, is it creates a whole different set of challenges. But Simon is aware of that. He's got a small small business, obviously, and he, he's making sure he keeps in contact with his workers. And I think that's brilliant. And that's crucial stuff. Mark Haas, the uh, Professor of Small Business and Entrepreneurship at Aston Business School. Many thanks for joining us again on this episode. Thanks very much, Steve. Thanks to both Mark and to Simon Greenfield of Colour Cubed for talking to us today. We'll be back in the next few days with more case studies of how businesses are coping and with more crucial analysis and advice from academics and experts here at Aston. Aston means business. SMEs dealing with COVID-19. Thanks for listening.